0: I was saying, like, you know, normally in film, you have the idea of a, a 10 or 12 hour day and that just totally blew up completely. And it was, you know, we would shoot from like 11 a.m. to 3 or 4 a.m. Um, and the only the only out. place to
1: eat at 4 a.m. that's open is McDonald's. Yeah. And so, Wait if, a
0: lot of,
1: it, you know, week trip. two of a trip, it starts to weigh on you <laughs> the amount of French that talk about the difference between 18 and, and 25, 26. It would be your ability to process French fries seven
2: days in a row. Welcome to the Lone Star Play podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. Join me and a famous guest. We discuss their career, life, food, Texas, and everything in between. Let's get started. The Lone Star Play podcast is produced by TexasRealFood.com. Find out more at the end of this episode. Hi, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Lone Star Play podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. We have an awesome episode today. Let me introduce the directors of a documentary on Showtime available now. It's called Cusp, C-U-S-P. I have directors and producers and editors. They did everything on the film. Parker Hill and Isabella Bethencourt. It's amazing to have them on. They're young filmmakers out of New York, and they made this wonderful film about a small Texas town, this trio of girls. Um, and sort of like a, a snapshot of about a year in their life. So it's a wonderful film. Again, it's on Showtime. Please check it out. Cusp. Um, we don't really get into spoilers in the film. So definitely or into into the podcast. So um, you know, it's a great podcast to learn about some of the behind the scenes of filming. Let's put it that way. What you know, maybe some of the struggles they went through um, and what it was like to film, how they even got to that subject. um, And it's very controversial as well, how they handled that controversy uh, filming. So stick around. It's going to be a great episode with two wonderful up and coming filmmakers and um, yeah, shining a light on Texas. So before we get to the episode with uh, Parker and Isabel, we are going to have a quick word from our sponsor, Texas Real Food, because as always, we got to keep the mics on y'all. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm here to tell you about TexasRealFood.com. It's a great website where you can find local farm fresh food in Texas, Texas. Just enter your zip code, okay? It'll bring up Texas farms and ranches, farmers markets, farm-to-table restaurants, and more that are around you. It's really easy to use. Also, if you think there's a business that should be on the list that isn't on there, let us know. We'll get them at it as well as being able to enter your zip code and find all the great places around you. We also have great recipes, cooking techniques. You can learn about food and Texas food specifically um, and local food events that are happening in Texas. It's a great website aside from that. And it also features, of course, the Lone Star Plate podcast that it produces. Um, We've also got some other features as well, like Food for Thought, Fresh from the Kitchen, Tasting Texas, the Texas Mom Blog, Real Food Promptuary, a lot of great resources about Texas, all things Texas, focusing on Texas farmers and ranches and, you know, real food, y'all, okay? So anyway, please go to TexasRealFood.com right now and begin your Texas journey great food all right back to the show all right guys thanks for sticking with us interview's coming right up real quick a word about our social media please follow us online instagram facebook tiktok just search the lone star plate if you're watching on youtube please hit the subscribe button and the notification bell so you can be notified of all the great videos we put out every week because we break them down into clips for youtube so, and please leave a like and comment, uh, about this podcast. If you can, that would be great. Listen, comment below what you think about this film cusp. Um, you know, did you think, uh, the girls go too far? Is that, uh, you know, I don't know the snapshot of life. It's just a very controversial film about youth in America. So just, you know, curious your thoughts. Let us know, please um without further ado let's jump into this episode parker hill isabel Bethencourt, talking about their film cusp available now on showtime enjoy um well listen thank you all so much uh, for coming on the podcast um I had to quickly watch the the documentary last night and sort of just, you know, get myself in the zone. Luckily, I'm from Texas, so I'm not going to lie. This is uh, sort of a familiar story to me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. I see this and I think, wow, that's sort of my childhood as well. Not entirely like that and grew up in a small, small town in Texas, but sure enough, it's, it's very uh, indicative of... I don't know. I'm going to be honest. After the end of all of it I thought that's just indicative of youth of just growing up I think in general. I don't I don't think it matters how much money you have, what culture, ethnicity, really a lot of those same pressures and whatever it may be about, you know, that part of life just runs through to everybody, right? Trying to fit in.
0: Who yeah. can't relate yeah. to
2: that, right? Like that seemed like a big theme. Um, some serious discussions that are talked about In a way that right at that age that seem out of depth, but not really because when you were younger, you probably had serious talks with your friends as well, you know, so it's like, wow, gosh, I guess it doesn't seem as I don't know. So anyway. Yeah, (laughs) that's that's my little diatribe here to get us going here Um, again. Thank you all so much for coming on the podcast. As you can tell, the documentary had a big effect on me. I have a million notes. Um, Obviously, I am going to go through it all, but have a lot of great questions and just excited to talk to you all about this wonderful film that you all put together uh, that really shows in a non-judgmental way, which I felt was really hard in this sort of environment that you all were able to put this together. Um, so yeah if y'all want to just like introduce each of yourselves and what you did on the project and then we'll just sort of jump into this here
0: great
2: sure
1: yeah and uh thank you so much for having us we're excited to be here excellent um i'm parker hill i'm one of the co-directors and co-cinematographers
0: of cusp uh, and the editor (laughs) yeah yeah we uh both co- co-directed co-shot and it's funny I think um, I'm Isabel as well um, but you bring up a good point which is that one of the things we really wanted to do with the movie which I mean we both kind of fell in love with Texas just from traveling there and being there with the girls but we really felt like we found a story that we resonated to being from California and New York that people from all over the world were like I see that childhood like I see that my childhood in that movie and those scenes and those relationships so it feels sort of like a specific place and a specific, you know, culture, but it's actually very indicative, I think, of, you know, the larger idea of what we know to be youth and then how heavy and how much really goes into that and how much everyone in their, you know, teenage days are dealing with some really heavy topics. So,
2: Absolutely. I mean, how, how old are y'all, by the way, not to uh, just curious y'all's age? <laughs>
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, when we started filming, we were, I think, 24 and 25, and now we're 28
2: and 29. Okay, right on. Yeah. Right yeah. On. Um, yeah, I mean, so y'all, when you started filming, you weren't too far away from that time period in your own lives. I mean, although it's a big difference between 18 and 24. The real, I remember that age. I remember yeah. thinking I'm a different person, <laughs> like entirely. Uh, probably three different people by then, uh, to be honest yeah. with you, when you're in your 20s, but... Um, yeah, I'm curious how that helped or didn't help. Maybe. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think we kind of talk about it as like I feel like it was the perfect distance from them, where we still really were close enough to our those versions of ourselves and remembering yeah. feeling lost and confused and like no one was listening to us or taking us seriously, and so it was. I don't kind feel of- like
2: that ever goes away right? Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there's an element of like, uh, you know, it was also, we looked young, you. which was great. So, yeah, you know, when well, you're at a party, too. you don't look sure. like a lot older. and Like but, me, uh,
2: <laughs> like me with a camera in the corner. Like, what's this guy doing man? here? I'm just
1: saying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm um, but no, it was great. It was, uh, a, I think a great like distance to also then be older and like have a, a perspective that is just more removed from being that age. And you're not, you're, oh. you know, Still sure. in the fog of you know a different it's like adolescence, I think, is a phrase that can be applied to different ages and you know like stages of life, but you know we um we were out of the fog a little bit of our own teenage years and had could see some clarity about like their the way they handled their emotions, getting angry, why are you angry? Why are you know like um, I think deconstructing some of it was easier because we were older and you know farther along in life a little bit.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That makes total sense. What What are the three girls' names? We've got Autumn, Brittany. It's Autumn,
0: Brittany, and Alani.
2: And Alani, that's right. And now they have their friends in the in the film and boyfriends and and all that sort of stuff too. So there's also supporting characters, but it mainly follows these three girls and their families, right? Uh, yeah. As they go through about roughly a year, is that more no. or less what it is? About a year's worth of time. Yeah. And you guys said originally when you – I do want to get to the origin story of, like, how you got to this, how you got to film the documentary because I do find that to be a quite interesting um, story. But, like, so originally, you know, this is a feature now, but when y'all were editing – well, Parker, you were editing this together, you know, putting this together. Did you ever think this could be even more than a feature, like a series? Like, did you have that much footage where you were just like, holy cow, like, what are we going Yeah, I
1: mean- Throughout the process, we, I, you know, uh, Izzy was a, a co-editor. We worked with uh, an incredible supervising editor, oh, okay. right Otway, and some consultants. And <laughs> just an it was,
2: don't worry about it. just no, a scene no. Or like two. I, we had
1: a lot of help to <laughs> to figure this out because you know yeah. there's so much that we loved, and in the process of crafting a feature, you know, we definitely realized how short a feature is, like an hour and a half. You know, you can't really go into every part of deconstructing why people are the way they are, why this leads to that behavior, you know? Um, and so it definitely was uh, a challenging process to let go of a lot of scenes that you love and whatnot. But it, on the one hand, I, I think early on in the process, we thought we had a lot more. But then I think as you're also structuring a story, um, you kind of realize like, well, you can't repeat See it beats you know you can't just uh so it's like it's both a lot and a little at the same time um so I don't know I still wish it were longer but there's not a ton more story there's just a ton more to see of them being themselves and stuff we love but I don't know yeah. I don't know. If
2: that no, I hear you. What, what do you think Isabel? what, what do you have? Yeah,
0: no, about? I mean, I think it's funny oh. because um, it started in the opposite direction and this kind of feeds a little bit into the origin story, but we started out yeah. trying to make a short film um, and we thought it'd be like an observational short film of like teens in the summer and like, what's it like, you know, Gen Z in Texas, like what's going on. And it really grew into this larger story. And then we did have conversations about you know how long should we film? and what's the you know the scope of this story? What's the size of it? Do we want to follow them for four years or ten years or whatever? And we decided to actually keep it to a summer for a number of reasons. but one of them being you get to really look at um, a small window of time and you get to see decisions that are made on a day- to- day basis rather than change over time. And I think we were really interested in that, especially looking at a teenage years where, things are happening so quickly and you're changing so fast yeah, absolutely and you're being yeah, exactly. affected so deeply on, on a day-to-day level and it was like you know you could see like well, what happens to them in you know five years but we were really interested in like well how does it feel to be in this room now with them um and so that really kind of dictated the story and the and the size of it really um but it is funny that it kind of started as a smaller idea and then got bigger let's
2: <laughs> let's jump into that that origin story because i do find it Quite fascinating to be honest. (laughs) How the how a a trip to get some Twizzlers turns into like a project.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. sure. Parker Parker tells it well. Sure.
1: Uh, (laughs) Yes. So Izzy and I a few summers back, we were on a road trip from Montana to Texas, and along the way, we were kind of taking photos, trying to like talk to teenagers, trying to capture like the American teenage experience in the summer whatever that means um and on our last night in town it was like 2 30 in the morning and we were at a gas station in the middle of nowhere texas and uh four girls in a pickup truck come like speeding in music is blasting they're barefoot they're like laughing and hopping out of the cab and we asked to take their photo and like got to talking with them and um, they ended up like inviting us back to their friend's house and we had this like incredible night with uh, more than just the four than like a, a whole group of friends that were like, so fun and free. And it was just like, it instantly reminded us like what it was like to be that age where you're like singing at the top of your lungs. You're just, you know, there's no worry in sight and you're just having a blast and there's no, like you're waiting for the sun to come up. It's summertime. And, um, they just all, you know, and we had a lot of conversations with them and a lot of them just had so much to say about what it was like to be them, what it was like to be from where they're from, what it was like to be that age, you know, before a lot of responsibility, like responsibility is looming, but it's not there yet. And, um, we just got along with them so well. And so we kind of asked to come, Yeah, we got home and hit them up on Instagram and asked to come back. And that's kind of how this whole thing got started.
2: Were their parents at all like, nah, I don't think so. I mean, was there any pushback there?
1: No, they, yeah, there was no. Were they asking,
2: like, are we getting paid? That would have been my first question
0: no i think right. we, if you're young I mean,
2: and you know what i mean you're like what, the, the only me? question
0: <laughs> the only real question we got was like are y'all the feds and we were like do we look <laughs> like <the feds>? Like, <laughs>
1: it's wearing converse like that's what i want to know <laughs> yeah i mean
0: we were like 25 year old kids being like i don't know what we're doing but we're really interested in like you know this energy and this life yeah. and, and hanging out and kind of getting into it and everyone was like okay yeah i mean like if you know if everyone's down then that's fine with us and it was really amazing to have you know been shown such open arms i mean you know you hear about texas hospitality but i think it really was um incredible to be like brought in and and welcomed in
2: the community Mm. um you know i'll tell you what um you know i'm watching this film and i'm thinking wow look at the stuff y'all are um filming you know these are kids underage drinking doing drugs right i mean i'm not some judgmental whatever here uh and I'm thinking, did y'all ever have any fear of liability filming this? And also, like, would there ever be a moment you would ever feel like you would step in, stop what's happening? You know? What sure. I mean? Yeah. No, I mean,
0: yeah, there's a couple different questions in there. I mean, I think so. We definitely had rules for ourselves as filmmakers and people that were like, you know, here's where the limits are going to be. And you're often walking a line of wanting to show. You know what it's really like to be at a party or to be at a guy's yeah. house or to hang out with your friends, and also not going too far. So there were definitely times where we'd be like, "We don't need to film this," or "Or you know, we're gonna turn the cameras off." And then we also had rules for ourselves for like, "What's what are we gonna do if something gets out of hand?" But everything that we really you know got on camera or talked about with the girls was all mostly happening in hindsight. So a lot of the like darker heavier things were happening in their past and they were dealing with them in in the present that's day that's true that's
2: true yeah um
0: like happening on camera and so it yeah. definitely was us figuring it out with them together what it meant to make a film about these topics and um and so that was sort of our guiding light of you know yeah not wanting to ruin the vibe but also totally keeping it within um respectable you don't want to be
2: the feds right Quote, right unquote. i mean you know and it's
0: also yeah so yeah definitely. <laughs> um, yeah
2: no that's interesting i mean that, that must have been tough that
0: yeah i mean i tough. think you know on the whole it's funny because we you know definitely made a movie about what it feels like to be in these rooms and as a girl. And the fact is that most of the parties you're going to are fine and are just fun, good times with your friends, but there's this looming feeling like maybe something could go wrong because you know that it's happened in the past or that something's happened to you before. And it's this kind of like base level nervousness that kind of runs through every social interaction. And we kind of, we wanted to edit the movie to make it feel like, well, what is that? feel like to have her kind of looming over you but we never filmed or never in a place where anything was actually where anyone was actually in danger of, of you know anything going too far in any direction so
2: no right on absolutely you know as the theme of i guess you know they just blatantly talk about it so openly in the film rape among their friends and um stories they've heard personal experiences themselves. And honestly, like just looking at it, it's like that's where all the problem, all the problems are the dudes. The du- the girls are just like trying to live life and fit in. And yeah, maybe they're drinking, as but it, it doesn't seem um, harmful in some weird way, odd way, because they're just trying to connect with their friends and fit in and do what everyone else is doing. There was one line in the movie where one girl's like, why well, didn't I didn't know what else to do after my boyfriend broke up with me, but party and drink every day. And what else am I supposed to do in this small town? I get it. It's just lack of opportunity, lack of things to do. And this dynamic of dating at that age and the boys and that theme of like boys don't know how to take no. And that was scary to hear all that. These girls say that. And the one girl talk about just her. her, I don't want to ruin anything or about the film. I want people to see this, but just her own her talking about her own personal experience was very powerful. And should be eye opening to anybody who's a parent or just anybody, honestly, watching that just thinking, wow, I, I just didn't know what you know what that meant. Was that eye opening to y'all as well or y'all as women already just familiar with the this seems, you know, like a normal thing or I don't know I I just thought it was just so powerful and intense, to be honest with you. Yeah,
1: I mean, I think it's uh, a little bit of both. I think something that really struck Izzy and I uh, early in the process from our very first trip was how casual and open they all were about talking about it. You know, like there's a scene at a party where like the party conversation is about something that happened to someone and everyone like glazes over it and then they change the topic and they're onto something else. And that really struck us as, you know, we just wanted to ask more, find out, you know, if, if there was more going on there. And and we started to understand that like part of what seems like apathy, you know, comes from a defense mechanism, putting on an armor, you know, protecting yourself emotionally so that, you know, daily you're not crumbling or, or, or upset or thinking about, you know, what you've been through. But um, it's part of this whole journey and story, you know, that we wanted to talk about and that we saw is like, yeah, it's not, it's not as simple as just like girls are fine and guys are bad. It's like, you know, guys are also going through things. And a lot of the time, you know, there's like statistics about a lot of, uh, interaction. I know like on college campuses, um, I'm going to butcher this statistic, so I shouldn't have said it's a statistic, but like a lot of the times a boy doesn't know that what he's doing is assault and he, the interaction isn't as clear as that. And it's, you know, um, it's not exactly always black and white and, on that yeah, front, it's also not always if a s- sexual assault is not perpetrated by like a guy wearing a hoodie in a back alley that looks like a bad guy. It's it's someone you know, it's someone that you've been at a party with before and you're gonna be at a party with him again. And and that is, I think, a a really uncomfortable gray area of teenage relationships that people aren't talking about. And and these girls in this town, they were so open about it. I mean, everyone was just like matter of fact. <laughs> and so we just wanted to kind of show what that looks like.
2: You know, I'm thinking as well, like, and I'm sure you got asked this a lot, but like, well, maybe not. Were we ever worried about filming a sexual assault like that accidentally happening or, or anytime, any sort of, into? I know you said earlier, well, if there were moments where like, you know, we're not going to film this. So anytime if you saw them kissing where you're like, all right, we're out of here. So you weren't ever really around for things like that. Or was that ever in your mind? Like, damn, are we going to be around for a sexual soul here? You know what I mean? That's what would, uh, that would have been on my mind as I'm filming. If they're talking about it so flippantly and openly, and it seems like everyone's dealing with it, I don't know if there was one girl who wasn't like, "Yeah, that hasn't happened to me." You yeah. know what I mean? That was scary, honestly, <laughs> mm-hmm. to hear that. It really was. Um,
1: it- yeah, I mean, I'm going off of what Izzy said earlier, you know, we had discussed some like ground rules with. Uh, each other, but when we were around with cameras, nothing happened in front of us. The mood, I think, was different just be- by the nature of us being there.
2: That was another question I had. I'm glad you said that. Like, how much do y'all think y'all being there and filming affected what you actually got on camera? Like, how they talked, how they were. Do you think they would put on for the cameras at the parties or these sort of things? You know what I mean? Or maybe just a little bit, but generally that's how they are, you know, or, I mean, I don't know. What do you think?
0: Right. I mean, there were a couple guys, sometimes we would like go to a party. They'd be like, I'm going to do something crazy for the camera. And we're like, we're not like a jackass. Shirt. This isn't
2: jackass. See, like, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, they're like, you want to
1: see me do donuts. We're like, no, we don't want to see you. <laughs> Get out of your truck, man.
0: Um, and we were surprised too. I mean, I think it might be a generational thing, but um, the comfort that the girls had and all their friends had in front of the camera was you know, pretty amazing. And I think it came from this kind of organic connection that we built early on, which was that we were figuring it out just kind of like they were. You know, I think it would have been very different if we had had an idea to make a film, went into this town, been like, who wants to I be a movie? You know, it would have okay. been a very different, uh, if, you know, I don't even know if it would exist, honestly. Okay. So, and I think that sort of natural relationship that we built and the story that we kind of found together really led to them being very much themselves on camera in a kind of I think a very special way
1: yeah we kind of say like the girls are our longest collaborators on the project because like the story was born out of what they wanted to talk about what they were doing so yeah
2: yeah for sure I mean I, I remember talking to other you know documentarians that I've had on here about that same issue of walking that fine line of not wanting to insert themselves in the story, whether by accident or on purpose or whatever, you know what I mean? And that that was just such a hard thing to do, especially if you're filming somebody for so long. um, It can be difficult, um, you know, sometimes like that. So, yeah, that, that to me would seem like the biggest struggle, just constantly remaining a fly on the wall and never, you know, I don't know. I just, that would, that would, you know, that would really bother me. I think in the end, if you're looking at footage and thinking, man, did they, this really happen? because it happened? Or I guess, does it really matter? And would you ever know? And could you ever know? I guess you can't even really know, right? That's like right. An, it's an unanswerable question, really. Uh, you know, I mean, sorry, you have look to at embrace- me putting you on a box over here.
1: No, no, I mean, you have to embrace a certain part of it, right? Like, there's scenes where they're in the back of the car because they don't have a license and we're driving. You know, like you can
0: question the. Oh, okay. That makes
2: sense now. I didn't even think about that. I really just now that hits me. Yeah, that's funny. (laughs) Okay.
0: It's like a rental car they're in the back yeah. <laughs> I bet but they love that right take it. us
2: to here take us yeah. to there
0: at one point oh, one of the guys was like let me take your donut like don't worry like I'll bring it oh, back oh he needed and an extra we... tire we're
1: were like, <laughs> we're turning this to enterprise you can't take the donut <laughs> take the donut anyway
2: oh, but yeah Texas um, oh I love Texans yeah really unabashedly
1: are. you can't fix it with zip ties you weren't using enough zip ties
2: uh, yeah for oh for sure <laughs> we learned funny. a lot I think yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That was funny. Um, You know, there was another part of the film that um, I could weirdly relate to in the sense that I saw it around me in high school, which was older guys out of high school hanging out with young high school girls. Right. So they're of age. And and that seems to I don't know if it's just a Texas thing. But when I was growing up, that seems something pretty regular that girls in high school would want to date the guy that went off to college and they're coming back for prom and homecoming, all this stuff. And all the other guys in high school are like, dude, you know, what are you doing? Go get your own girls sort of, you know, mentality. And, but it's not like the girls are like, Oh, I don't want to date them. They want to date these girls. Why Why do you think, is it just of, I want to be older. Is that a dangerous dynamic that y'all think happens and you wish it wouldn't? I mean, I'm curious what, how y'all feel about it. Or you just feel it's harmless.
0: I mean, I think categorically it's impossible to say if it's like only a good or only a bad thing. But I mean, I think what we've noticed and what I've seen in my own life is that I think, you know, classically, young women tend to mature a little faster than young men. And, um,
1: very true. you know,
0: they're interested. And especially, I think, in a small town, the pool is pretty small. And so you wind up (laughs) hanging out with the same people over and over and friends of friends. And, um, you know, I don't think we ever saw it in a situation that was, you know dangerous as, as you're saying, but um, yeah, That's I think good.
2: it's definitely common. <laughs> it does change
0: the
1: dynamic a little bit. You know, a guy can drive, let's say, or something like that. Um, yeah. But also, you know, pretty early on when we met them, you know, we noticed that the girls were 15, 16 and a lot of the guys were like 18, 19. And so we were like, where are all the 15, 16 year old boys and where are all the 18, 19 year old girls?
2: Yeah, and exactly. They
1: were like, well, the boy 15, 16 year old boys are at home playing video games <laughs> and the, the 18, 19 year old girls know better than to be with these kids and are like, have boyfriends. <laughs>
0: <And> <laughs> wow. Don't go out anymore.
1: <laughs> and it's funny because now we've known the girls long enough and like most of them have are involved uh, now that they're 18, 19. Um, but it is interesting, you know, it it changes the dynamic because it also changes like experience level and i don't even mean like just with sex or drugs even but like you you're quick to trust someone that's party longer than you have you know so you're like oh this is how you do it let's do it like yeah we exactly. can if you guys want to go to this haunted bridge at two in the morning i guess that's what people do i'll go you know and so it's it definitely does change like who's the expert in the room um but i don't know
2: Yeah. No, that's that's, that's that's fascinating. Um, Was it a culture shock or a shock at all for y'all while you were filming? And and I'll preface it with this. I, I read, a, I think it was, it was the New York Times, and the author was writing about y'all's film and saying how the opening was just draw-dropping to them. And I and just like couldn't believe these two <laughs> girls swinging right. and these guys shooting guns. And they were just like, oh, my God, this is a crazy America And I'm thinking, so that's Texas. Like that's, I've done that that a bazillion times. Like this is no problem at all. I've seen that. I mean, it's like not a big deal at all. I'm curious, was that the same for y'all? Or y'all like, yeah, this is, this doesn't seem too far out from how we grew up or what we've seen or what we know, or I don't know. Curious about that. Yeah.
0: I mean exactly. I think yeah. I think so. I mean Parker and I are Parker's from New York City and I'm from like a beach suburb of Los Angeles. So there definitely weren't there were few guns in our childhood, I guess, outside of summer camp. Um, and you know, summer camp's a funny thing because I think we're both very down people, so to speak. Like we love hanging out. Like down to people. do whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're yeah, down yeah. to like that. Okay. We're <laughs> along for the ride, you know, like we love just getting on a roller coaster and seeing what happens. And I think it was funny because after we shot that scene with the guys, we were like, Oh, in the moment we're like, this is kind of chill. Like, are you good? Yeah. Are you good? Yeah. We're fine. Like we're just hanging, you know? And I think, um, it's been funny to see reactions to that scene. And we sort of did start the film with it because we knew it would set a tone for some people. And
2: oh, it's great familiar it's to others. Yeah. And it's
0: funny uh, to have been. We saw the movie at a theater in Dallas and it was like everyone's just like watching it like, uh huh. Like, you know, kids hanging out. And then I went yeah. to a, a festival Tuesday and-
2: night. Yeah. yeah.
0: And and people were like gasping, gasping. in the audience, yeah. like, oh, my God. <laughs> and I was like, yep, like, that's it. Um, but we really just had such a blast. I think, I mean, culture shock wise, anything like we grew up so far from riding in a, in a guy friends, the bed of a pickup, excuse me, the bed of a pickup truck to go to a, a river and, you know, mudding and, um, hanging out at three in the morning in a field with your best friends. Like that was so exciting to us. I think because it was, it had the same like emotion and energy that we felt when we were teenagers, but it was in this like incredible place that was so much fun. And like, just very nurturing.
1: Yeah I, mean, yeah. I think like so much of the process was like letting them be the experts on their world. And we were like, what's it like to be you? What's it like to do whatever you want to do today? And, uh, it was that it gave them an excitement to like teach us and to show us what's normal, what they talk about, what they do, uh, fishing at three in the morning, you know, all these things. And, um, it was like that Our we were coming into it with just like an eager student almost
2: no i added. love it y'all y'all did, i mean it's just such a great snapshot of a texas town and honestly i like that you didn't focus on the town itself. to be honest with you it was yeah. really teenagers are them. narcissistic no one's thinking <laughs> exactly. that. Don't care.
0: Yeah. and it, it does also lend the the feeling of i think you know we say that we didn't go to the only gas station in america we four we met the only four girls you know who are dealing with stuff like okay. this like, I think it definitely is this sort of, you can stamp this town on on thousands of talents and it's in all over the world, so.
2: Which is great, which is what makes the film uh, relatable and, you know, watchable and, you know, you wanna be involved with what's happening with these girls, you know, the journey of where it's gonna go and what's gonna happen with them. Who, who came up with the name, Cusp? Parker did.
1: I <laughs> was in the shower and uh, I thought of the name Cusp. We, honestly, got lucky in that I I really, I hate titles. I hate coming up with them. I, it's a very, I don't like it. We had a name for what we thought the short film was going to be, but then once we changed it to a feet, once we liked cusp, we, we really just like, didn't think about it again. And that's what it is.
2: (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, it's short, it's quick. It, it explains what, you know, they're on the cusp of their, towards the top of the
1: alphabets, you know, you'll be higher. (laughs) Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, that's funny. What were some of the what What do you think it was the hardest part behind the scenes for y'all personally during the shoot? You think
1: there were I, a lot. Yeah, that uh, was a lot. Um, I mean, everything from like we really. When you tell
2: your friends, you know, when you have that, you're you're sitting down for for a wine glass with them. Um, after you've done this and they want to ask, Hey, how did this? Yeah. Tell me about cusp, you know? Okay. What's the first, you're going to go into the hardships of, of shooting first. I would have met. So I would just like, what would you tell your friends? Like, yeah, this was hard. This was hard. I don't know. I mean I'm the like schedule
1: that. of, I think a teenager in the summer is a very unreliable <laughs> thing. Good
2: call. <laughs> unreliable. Great, great. Yeah. You're,
1: you're waiting for someone to text you back. They say that they're going to stay in for the night. And then you see on Snapchat, they're not in for the night and you're like, <laughs> you could have just told us we went to someone else's house instead you know so it's like there definitely was some wrangling I think um of time yeah I guess yeah and then the hours teenagers keep too yeah there's no
0: like I was saying like you know normally in film you have the idea of a a 10 or 12 hour day it's not a shoot totally blew up completely and it was you know we would shoot from like 11 a.m to 3 or 4 a.m um the and the week. only wow. the only place to
1: eat at 4 a.m. that's open is McDonald's, God. and so wait it, a lot of you know week fish. two of a trip oh, it starts no. to weigh on you. The amount of French fries that talk about the difference between 18 and, and 25, 26. It would be your ability to process French fries <laughs> seven days in a row.
2: Yeah. Uh, yes, and when you get into your early 40s like me, it's even worse. So yeah. I, I never eat fast food. One, the I'm creativity. a chef. I you know, oh, nice. cook my own food. You know, yeah, I like cooking my own food. Food's my thing, right? That, that's my thing. That was something I was going to ask you about. You know, I'm seeing all the fast food in the in the film. And I know that's a big part of growing up in small town and heading to the, I get it. I, you know, I get it. But do you feel like, I know this, is, you're probably never going to be asked this question again about this movie, but how <laughs> the girls ate in the film, like, how do you see the way youth are, caring about their health through food because you were around you know these young people for a long time and i know it's not part of your film but just curious how you see them eating and what you think they could do what what adults could do to help them eat healthier
1: yeah i mean it's it's interesting because I never thought about it until my grandma watched the film, and she was like, "It was an early cut," and she was like, "They only eat fast food,"
2: and I'm like, "That's all I thought too." I was like, "That's all they—they're not eat fast food here. This is ridiculous." <laughs>
1: yeah, and it's it's Your interesting grandma. because you know
2: part of um,
1: this group of friends that we filmed is that a lot of them are very independent. You know, they might wake up in the summer, parents are already at work, so they are in some sense like caring for themselves and. Some of them, I mean, like Alani, for example, she has younger siblings, so like she cooks often for the younger kids and make sure that they're eating. And so it's it's interesting how food plays such a role in like personal responsibility versus being taken care of as you know a kid. And um, I don't know.
0: I it's also think a really yeah, good question. I mean, this, yeah, it's this funny. I think the schedule really makes a difference because a lot of times their parents would be making dinner at home. But especially when you don't drive and don't have a car, once you're out, you're kind of out and you're at the mercy of whoever friend, you know, you're with, yeah. you the car. And you know, if your mom gives you 10 bucks for the day to go hang out with your friends, like you got to make that 10 that ten bucks last for everything you want to do that night. And so you often are like, well, you know, McDonald's has a dollar menu and, you know, we'll get two McChickens and split a giant sweet tea and call that it in. is.
1: It is really interesting as we've seen them get older and have cars and licenses, how their eating habits totally change when they're in more control of what they like, what, what they, where they yeah. can go.
2: Yeah.
1: It is uh, interesting.
2: Um, yeah, no, that's a good point. That, that's a, probably a really good point. Just you're sort of bottlenecked into those choices a lot of times, right? You yeah. just That's your ride. This is where they stopped. This mm-hmm. is where we're eating. I only mm-hmm. got so and so money and. This is the places that offer uh, in this price range. And that's really what McDonald's and these fast food places have done to hook people is have the dollar menu. Sure. I think the dollar menu is the worst thing that could have absolutely happened to fast food because it made it so accessible. It made really bad food for people accessible and easy to get. And and look, I'm not judging anybody that eats fast food. I do it myself every once in a while. I get it. Like, I, that's yeah. not the job. But- Obviously, mm-hmm. we want to be eating right, right? And the youth are the future, and we want people to be eating right. It's such a big part of who you are as a person, how you eat. It affects every part of who you are, how you sleep, how you eat, how you perform, how you make a film, how you, right? Like, how are y'all, what were y'all eating?
0: I'll say that we filmmaking. did eat a lot of Bush's chicken, <laughs> which we love. <laughs> yeah. I have a, Parker got me a Bush's sweatshirt that's in my
2: closet Hell yeah. right now. Little sponsorship We're huge maybe.
1: Fans of a- if we would get a sponsorship, it should be from H E B. We're huge H oh, B fans and they have I agree, yes.
2: Is
0: the in the world. <laughs> it is so
1: great. Uh you yeah, know I, I think early in our process, we quickly realized like we have to keep um stuff in the motel room. Like we can't just survive off of Bush's subway, which is the like and McDonald's, the like um Subway McDonald's the only two 24 hour places uh, that are open, um, and so yeah, I mean we did. We were huge fans of uh, healthy choice microwave dinners. Um, ah, we so uh, microwave made a lot of peanut butter not- sandwiches. Yeah, yeah, And And uh, you know, we got we always had like bars or Pop Tarts in the back of the car because sometimes girls would get in and they were hungry. We just <laughs> had snacks.
0: Yeah. This sounds yeah. sad, but also to your, to your fast food point too. I mean, have it's you, ever what seen you gotta do, I
1: mean, there's no other, pl- like we would splurge every so often to get like a salad, dot, 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 from Chipotle. <laughs> <Like> it's, <laughs> it's a food desert. I mean, it's, it's, you know, we didn't have a kitchen.
0: Yeah. And yeah. we were also, I mean, production, we self-funded production because we, it were was just the two, two of us. It was just yeah. the two of us. We were doing everything and it'd be like, you know, we can't actually it wouldn't make sense to go to a sit down restaurant, you know, a couple towns over every night yeah. for dinner. So we're just getting, Oh, dope.
2: absolutely. Of course. hundred yeah. uh, percent. yeah. And how much food can eat into your budget, right? Like eating and all that stuff. It really does eat into, uh, your stuff, you know, man, if I would have been there, y'all would have had all the food set up, cater <laughs> ready to go. Okay. Easy peasy. I love providing food for people. Uh, I always wanted to get into the food business with films yeah. when I yeah. had my food truck in Austin. I worked a lot. I worked for Showtime, actually. I did a lot of stuff for Showtime during South by um, oh, nice. for oh, yeah, the great. Chi, the show the Chi. remember that oh, yeah. I did a special menu oh, for yeah. their their cast in Austin one year. Um, I don't remember all the different shows. I can't remember, yeah. it, but Showtime that's every year. Cool. Yeah, I'm just putting this together right now, realizing this is on Showtime too. Uh, yeah. but yeah, that you know, look, food is such a important part of right people growing up and how they're doing. So yeah, that's fascinating to hear. Mm-hmm. It just sounds like there's no options in these small towns for these kids yeah, to hard. have the healthy option, right?
0: And have you ever seen a teenager go to a party and be like, "Guys, I brought my own dinner." You know, it's like it's just no so one's making pizza rolls. That. You're gonna eat pizza rolls. <laughs>
2: I get, I mean, I get, this is my theory and, 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 you know, we'll, we'll kind of, uh, wrap it up, uh, here, but my thing with food is you have to secretly make people eat well, they don't even know they're going to do it. Meaning the change isn't, you know, preaching to the American or world audience, like, Hey, you need to eat better. No, no, no. No, we need to be talking with food manufacturers, sourcing these businesses. Make your food good because that's where people are going to eat. They don't even need to know it. That's how you're going to get people to eat better, to be be honest with you. My thing is,
1: like, they have nailed flavors down to such a science. I just don't get why we can't put the flavor on the broccoli. (laughs) I don't know enough about this, but, like, can't what? you just make it taste like a charred burger? Can't they just do that? They have the factories.
2: What's wrong with broccoli? What's wrong with the taste of broccoli? <laughs> there no it? one's
1: ordering it at the place, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: Anyway.
2: I love it. Oh, that's so funny. I'm gonna I'm gonna remember that. We need to add flavor <laughs> to broccoli. I'm uh- just <laughs> saying, like
1: if we wanted to make to backdoor, make people eat healthy,
2: make get better these flavors. flavors. Are,
1: they're timed to a T. You know, we were, Izzy and I listened to this um, Dax Shepard uh, podcast interview with
2: Michael oh, yeah, he's Pollan. great.
1: Yeah, the food writer. Which, which guy? Um, Michael Pollan, am I messing up his name?
2: I don't know. They I were talking know. about
1: flavor factories and about, you know, food uh, in general and how, like, everything from, like, on a Ritz cracker. They can, t- you know, time how long that, you know, it tastes salty oh, yeah. and then over yeah. a few seconds yep. it becomes sweet, which then craves you to want another one. Like yep. they, they chose that. They did that, you know? And so I'm like, they can, that scares me. It's so scary. Cause then, that scary. yeah, they control yeah,
2: that's control. That, that's like literally a complete, a Other complete people- control over you. Yeah. yeah. See, you have no choice when, when the Pringles, when you eat the whole Pringles thing, they they left you <laughs> no choice. Well,
0: right. It's, it's not their right. no fault. <laughs> Yeah, yeah
2: they, they they literally handcuffed you to, to eat those. They're genetically modified. Now, again, I'm not against genetically modified foods. That's something I've talked about on the podcast, too, with farmers and different chefs that have come on. And um, that's not something to be scared of. Um, food is going to develop like technology like anything does you know we've got to be there with it too look the biggest thing is just like anything when y'all are making something right when y'all are making a film the biggest thing you probably want is just you want your integrity intact right and you want to stand behind the message of what you're putting out you know that it's important to you it matters same thing with food right it should be that way for the person putting out the food it should matter to them so well you're yeah. about to put that in your body yeah. right they should care about that and not enough people do and that's you know it's a small change but we can get there yeah Absolutely. anyway not to ramble on it'd be great about food no that here, sounds you know? amazing <laughs> you know listen again y'all th- this was such a great film i um, i'm just so happy for y'all I can't wait for the next project y'all do. I'm really excited, to be honest. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely, y'all really gave it like your own, documentaries don't really have this, but it kind of has like uh, a feel flavor. to it. Yeah. A, fla- food,
1: food, no. huh? a <laughs> flavor. You. Yes.
2: Thank you. Yes. It has a flavor to it, y'all. Yeah. Y'all kind of gave it y'all. It has like a unique y'all's flavor, which is cool. So, yeah, I'm really excited for whatever project y'all are going to put together next. And I know y'all are still riding the wave for this. It just came out and blah, blah, and, you know, you know, all the continued success uh, with this film. And, you know, really hope that it affects these girls also in a positive light as well, and any other youth that are watching it, I guess. Uh, was there anything that we didn't uh, mention that we you guys want to throw out? I know we're going to put the link in the description for watching the film and all that sort of stuff, uh, but... I don't know any less. I feel like we nailed everything. Thank you so much
1: for having us.
2: This was a blast. Yeah, thanks so much. No, thank y'all so much again. um, Yes, thank y'all so much for making a wonderful film and uh, for representing Texas. The Lone Star Play podcast is produced by Texas Real Food. Go to TexasRealFood.com and you can search your city for stores, butchers, restaurants, farmers markets, and more who are using fresh, artisanal, organic sources. It's a fun site that brings all natural options all together. I hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, go to TheLoneStarPlay.com. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. Until next time.